Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Mass and All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco here with you. Beautiful hump day Wednesday. Bobby, how you doing? It's glorious today. Today is a great day for baseball. Great day to scooter to work. I scootered to did Camden you Yards scooter today. It's a lot of fun. Which one of the 17 four-letter companies did you use? Do you notice that? They're all four letters. It's like bird, lime, skip, spin. There's a yellow one I'm missing. You're right. Bolt. You are. Yeah, I I discovered this. I'm a lime guy. You're a lime guy. I think I tried bird once and it didn't work, and I got mad. So I I'm anti bird now. It it is very frustrating. I'll tell you nothing more frustrating than when all your friends are scootering and you have to download the app in order to get one, or you can't find one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, I don't have the app. Oh yeah, and that's why I got frustrated with it is because bird. Okay, I tried to find one. Oh, so it was me and my girlfriend. We were walking around Fed Hill. Casual looking, girlfriend flex. Go ahead. Just saying, it was, there was another person with me. We were. This is why the, we found one. Okay, great. So now we're looking one for her. We walk down the street to go on the map. It's, it's there. We get there. It's not there. So we go find another one. We walk down the street again. Right. Find one. Did you All bring right. it? Did you bring no, one? Was no, it? I did not. Oh, you but bring it. we go find the other one, and the the QR code was scratched off. So we can't use that one. How is that possible? Then we go finally find her one. She gets on it. It works. I go to go to mine. Mm. Battery's low. Won't let it, yeah. won't let me ride. And I was like, I'm done with this. We're, we're walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. That's the first time I did it. I had to download the apps. I was with my friends in D.C. Casual friends flex. Oh, I got them. I got them, Bobby. They are friends and they enjoy my company. That's right. That's my dad. I hope he's <laughs> listening to this. Dad? Dad. Um. So they were literally doing circles around me because I could not find. Oh, that's me. And there were like apps that were, you know, but like I would too. They were like, you know. <laughs> yeah, they were like taunting you. Yeah, and, but I was like trying. I tried like Stop four different it. apps. Stop guys. <laughs> Nothing has changed since high school. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was brutal. But I'm, I'm definitely pro-Lime. Lime has worked for me every single time. So good. it was a good day for a scoot. It was a good day for some baseball tonight. The Orioles finishing up a three-run Three run, three game stand um, against the the White Sox. This is true. Well, I think a lot of people had this series scheduled on their calendars because of all the off season rumors about Manny Machado Ooh, going point. to the Do Shy you think Sox. They got this far as scheduling it, maybe in pencil or you know. Well, I would have been like, well, I definitely did. I was like, oh, if he goes to the White Sox, this is when they they Do come. You have a big ske- they come schedule early. on your wall that you. It's all up here, baby. Oh, Mental schedule. Gotcha. I knew the White Sox came early, so I was like, damn, they're, they're going to see Manny pretty early. But, yeah. of course, we went to the Padres, so you have to wait a little bit, I, I believe, until later in the season. Speaking of which, I'm thinking about not a huge schedule, but, like, our area in the web studio, I kind of want to put something. There's a gaping spot on the wall. kind of want to put a schedule, like an old-fashioned, like, wooden schedule. I'm glad I'm bringing this up now while everybody is listening. Uh, but, like, so that when we do it, we don't do it, they'll tell us. But, like, an old-fashioned, like, we write the teams down and we, like, slot them in as if they're, like, different types of beers in a bar. Like, that'd uh, be, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Or, like, fun? Um, like the old-fashioned, like, scoreboards in, like, center field exactly. at, like, Wrigley or, or Fenway. And we make sure the interns make sure they're Even all up I think to Wrigley date. took theirs out. 
Yeah, that'd be a good project for the interns. Did they take them? I know they added a few they scoreboards. Added, yeah, they added like a digital scoreboard. I don't know yeah. if they actually took out the old I think, ones. I think they Fenway definitely still has theirs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'd be pretty cool. The only problem is the spot you're looking at, it's like well in the corner. Like it there, is. There are beams covering it. It's behind our television. But it's kind of like if, if you know. Well, it would be kind of cool because, for instance, for yesterday you did coffee and comments on Mass and Orioles Facebook mm-hmm. Live with Sarah Perlman, and the backdrop was that corner that we're talking about. Exactly. And it would be kind of cool if we had a, like a wooden schedule back there as your backdrop. Exactly. You, put, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's a backdrop. It wouldn't need to be for focus, you know. Um, it would be up to date, though. Yeah, that way we could literally circle oh, stuff. Oh, who on do our the Orioles play today? Oh, it's the White Sox at seven oh five on Mass. Because cool. I am uh, nobody is worse. What six thirty? Cool. Nobody is worse about remembering who teams are playing than me. Like I, I will come into work and you'll be like, "Yeah, there's a three o'clock game. They're playing the White Sox." Like I would have no idea. So you would be I bad at Sarah Perman's job. Yes, I would be like, "All right, we're flying to Toronto. We're going to L.A." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I show up with like all parkas. <laughs> yeah. So this, I packed incorrectly. Is, mm. is what you're saying? Tw- oh, 12 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my oh, bad. Oh no. Oh, Pacific time. Oh yeah. No. Oh, I would be terrible. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. Glad you brought up uh, baseball, Bobby. Glad you brought that up. Let's talk about it. Hey. Um. The Orioles, as mentioned, uh, yes. Uh. In the in this home stand before they go on the road. They're in Minnesota this weekend. A little frigid up there. A little frigid indeed. Is it still cold there? End of April? I feel like it's always cold there. Good point. It's never not cold in Minnesota, probably. I, I, right. I have no reason to doubt you. You're probably right. You know who's never who never is cold, Bobby? Oh, I know you're going with this. Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini. Yeah. You're good. Uh, yeah, Trey Mancini. I, I feel like it's obligatory that we have to mention him during every podcast because of how well he is doing. Still crushing the ball. Had a hit yesterday. He's hitting 340. Got a 396 on base percentage. Got a slugging of 320. What's encouraging to me, Bobby, not just the homers, not just the high average. He's walking a lot more, and partly because he's hitting so well. Teams are, you know, not giving him stuff to hit, I think is part of it. But he's on pace right now for about 68 walks, which would shatter his career high that he set last year at 44. Good to see a guy who, not all that young, he's 27, but doesn't have a whole lot of experience Learn that so much from year to year. Go from like the first year he had like 30 some walks to 44. And now, if he keeps this up, can get in the 60s in terms of walks. That's a very veteran approach uh, for a young guy. Yeah. Like, and we, we we're going to talk all season about how this is now Trey Mancini's clubhouse. This is his team. Um, he has to grow up pretty quickly in front of our very eyes because. He is the leader on this team now. Life comes um, at you fast is what he kept saying all offseason. So. Yet seeing the walks increase is a very good sign that he is taking a veteran approach to his at bats and is way more comfortable and calm and collective and and taking his pitches and, yeah. and he he knows what he wants when he wants to swing and he's waiting for it he's not just going up there hacking like what we did see last year and maybe even partial twenty seventeen where he's just going to swing and hope for the best no he's going to take his pitches see what he wants and. and and take his base if necessary. You know, getting on base is, is key. It's a priority, not yeah. just swinging for the fences. I also like you guys, you and Sarah touched on Trey just a, briefly yesterday on Coffee and Comments because um, it was kind of a quick show and Sarah had to get down to the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. But one of the stats you dug up, Paul, was that he leads the league in total bases. Yeah. Which is, I think, impressive. He's now second in the AL. And that's a and that's good thing for two reasons. One, 
obviously we just touched on it, it means he's getting on base. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's also second in the league in extra base hits. Yep. So he's not just walking or hitting singles. No, he's hitting doubles, home runs, and, and taking extra bases, which is great to see. But two, it also means the guys behind him are hitting because exactly. he's getting on and then getting moved over or driven in. And that is kind of the small ball approach that the Brandon Hyde talked about the other night on uh, O's Extra. Yeah. And, and what we were hoping to see, because this team is not, you know, the Orioles of 2014 or 15 when they're going to lead the league in home runs. No, they're going to have to play a small ball approach with the young guys that they have up here. And so it's a good sign to see, one, their veteran, quote-unquote veteran, mm-hmm. getting on base and, and putting together really strong at-bats. But two, also the guys behind him moving him over and moving him in. Exactly. And it helps to have... The other guys kind of around him hitting Renato Nunez has been crushing the ball recently. Dwight Smith Jr. has been crushing the ball recently. The, those two, the, the guys mentioned, Mancini and Dwight Smith Jr., are 10th and 22nd, respectively, in F-War, uh, which is Fangraph's, Fangraph's. Version, version of war right now among outfielders, which is kind of crazy to think about considering... Trey Mancini is not a natural outfielder. <laughs> right. And Dwight Smith Jr. has barely played Major League right. Baseball up until now. Yeah. And has also had a, a good amount of his share at uh, DH. I exactly. Believe. Exactly. And same with Trey. Um, so to have those, and because that statistic factors in defense as well. No. Oh. Um, that is crazy. And I looked up some of uh, Dwight Smith Jr.'s defensive statistics because he made an awesome home run robbing catch I saw the other that. Night. Great call to you by our own Jim Hunter. Um, as to be expected, right? As to be expected. Well, because it was kind of funny, like he kind of caught it beyond and like down on the wall. Yeah, like, his glove went over the wall and like kind of was hidden behind it, right? Like, into the stands. Like, oh, did he catch it? And then he gave me, oh, he got it. It's a true robbery. Right, it is a true robbery because that so, would have been a home run if he didn't yeah. catch it. Sometimes the, it's like, oh, sometimes it's just, like, yeah, he made a great catch, but it would, you know, it would have landed in the yard. Yeah, but no, that was over the fence and he brought it back. Exactly. Um, his defensive statistics and some of these. Obviously, like it, 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 some of these are not entirely reliable, and sometimes you look at a player and they're great defensively, but their stats don't back it up, um, which is is just weird. It doesn't make sense, and it's like you wonder how they calculate it. But this is one of those instances where I wanted to look up his stats and see if they did match, and they do, um, because he has been very solid in left field. He's made some great throws. His arm, which is like a, a stat to determine how strong somebody's arm is, it factors in how you know the runners not only the runners he throws out but how many runners he keeps mm. um at their base you know because they're afraid of getting thrown out because of his arm that's probably the stats that a lot of base coaches look at true yeah like yeah. third base coaches right. to see all right, all right this guy says like he a has a strong arm yeah quote, i'm looking at the notes you made down on our google doc and it literally says arm so i'm guessing it stands for something it stands for defensive arm something okay but know. so that's like the stat that they these coaches probably look up yeah. when they're like studying the outfield yeah and knowing how to coach their on base guys so it, he has a 1.5 arm which is ninth among outfielders um and his ultimate zone rating which has been you know kind of the thing to look at i think is he's 19th among outfielders 1.9 and that's that matches what we've seen because he has gone um he's gotten to balls a lot faster than i think you know, other guys would. And, and, and I personally expected him to. I, I didn't think he was this, didn't know he was this good of a defensive right. player coming in. Yeah. Uh, because his defensive stats were kind of eh coming in. Um, but part of that might be, you know, he's playing in a little bit of a smaller yard. Um, I wouldn't say the outfield in Camden Yards is particularly hard to play. 
um, as compared to some of the other outfields in baseball. When you look at like you know Fenway is like the ultimate example, but right. um, but he has adjusted very well in the outfield, and having a guy that you know can play both ways like that um, is is huge for in terms of especially for him if he wants to keep a roster spot he's hitting enough to keep a roster spot for the meantime but having that defense makes him so much more valuable i would say looking out at camden yards right now the only like bizarre portion of the outfield would be like the right field corner yeah where that scoreboard is and then like down the line where like the big wall is but yeah i think it's a normal pretty standard outfield considering compared to other ballparks. Uh, Brendan Hyde the other night on Ozextra, I think it was in his postgame show, talked about, I mean, our, he's a, he's loving their defense all over the place. He's like, we're playing great defense. I, I can't be ha- I couldn't be happier the way we're playing out in the field. Um, and it, Pitching has to come yeah. around. Um, sometimes a hitting goes quiet for a game or two, but the defense has been solid all the way around. And uh, he's very impressed and happy with the way that they're all putting effort out there in the field. Um, speaking of that right field wall, that is interesting. Because that's like the one thing you do see some of those walls balls that hit the wall on the fly but end up being singles because of how hard they're hit, because of how close that right field wall is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is the only kind of like weird thing that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, and here. there's like the, uh, like the door where like they keep all like the field maintenance equipment. It's like a garage door basically that kind of slides up. It, that's kind of, cause it's not padded. So it's kind of weird. If the ball hits that, it ricochets off yeah. and takes a weird bounce. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the defense, it, it, I think of a guy like Richie Martin who has struggled at the plate. Um, but he still is holding down a roster spot and holding down that shortstop spot because of his defense. I think in that clip I'm talking about, and Brandon Hyde, he pointed out Richie Martin specifically being like, we got to get him going at the plate, but his defense is just dynamite. Yeah. And he's playing super well at uh, shortstop. And that's, and you saw it like with somebody else, another young guy who was struggling at the plate in Cedric Mullins. It seemed like his defense wasn't quite what we expect because he's fast. Um, he made a couple of errors. Yeah. He, he just let a couple ball. He right. misread a couple balls, let a couple balls get behind him. Um, right. Yeah, it was a, that's something we weren't used to seeing because he played pretty solidly out there in center field last year when yeah, he took over for Adam Jones. He made some nice catches. and But, yeah, this year I can think of a couple of times where we, balls landed in front of him and they got behind him, and that's a, that's a big no-no when you're playing in the outfield. Exactly, exactly. Um, First and you, steps are always backwards. You wondered if uh, part of that was due to the fact that he um, didn't have – he he wasn't really hitting, and you wonder if his confidence was partly taking a hit because of that. And yeah, you know that could be it. I, I dive into his psyche too much. You know, we're all we're all aware of the situation the Orioles are in right now, but I, I can kind of compare it, like taking Richie Martin more specifically, mm-hmm. like compare it to like basketball where guys keep their quote unquote roster spots. Obviously, we don't see as much going up and down as we do in baseball, but like keeping their roster spots because they're playing great defense or like keeping their minutes. Let's, let's compare it to minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, keeping their minutes because they're playing great defense and, and maybe they're not scoring as much, but you know, you kind of have that have to have that mindset. Okay, the shot will come. Yeah. Defense is still there, so you're going to play. The bat will come. Defense is playing right now, so you're going to you're going to be in there day in and day out and we'll expect I mean, again, he's a rule 5 guy rookie mm-hmm. that you know, I was playing in the major leagues for the first time. His major league debut was opening day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know. And that was the high, you know, he hadn't played above double A up until then. Right. And it's like, I mean, 
it'd be great if he was hitting and we'd be talking about it because they were like, this guy's slugging the ball, yeah. you know, as a, as a rookie in his first month. This is about probably what we expected from him. I would say offensively, I would say he has surpassed expectations defensively. He's playing great at short, and that's yeah. why he's playing day in and day out. Yeah. Um, somebody who... Um, Defense always plays. Yeah. Somebody who we might have expected to see more of third base coming into this season, but has moved to a DH-type role... Um, is Renato Nunez, yeah. who uh, has been on fire as of late, hitting close to 300 uh, on base is around 350, slugging 528. So his OPS is like eight, 880, basically. Um, dude is crushing the ball. And yeah. he had never hit, obviously didn't have a whole big sample size. He played for Oakland, Texas, before he came to Baltimore in the middle of last year. Um, but had never hit more than eight homers in a season. And he's already got six so far in his first 24 games. Um, and some of those homers have been crushed. Too. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten way. Yeah. Um, that has been awesome to see from Renato Nunez because if if they are putting him in a DH role, that means maybe that they trust Rio Ruiz, you know, defensively more than him. And we don't know exactly how much they trust Renato Nunez defensively. But on like the flip side of the Richie Martin thing is, you know, if you can show one side of the game, then you can stick around with this team, you know? Especially in the American League where yeah. there is a DH. You know, there's a spot specifically for yeah, batting, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you can swing the bat, we have a spot for you um, right. in the lineup because you can DH and not play defense. We have a guy who can play slightly better defense at the hot corner than you, which is fine Yeah, because you can still play day in and out at the DH spot. And it's going to be interesting because we still don't know when Mark Trumbo is going to return. Hopefully he That's can true. back soon. Um but he obviously, we've talked about, you know, the whole Trey Mancini thing. He pr- presents a potential, um, almost a logjam in terms of, you know, so if, if he does, say he were to come back tomorrow, which is not going to happen, and he slides into a DH role, then you move Chris Davis to first, you keep Trey Mancini in the outfield, um, you know, is Renato Nunez's playing time going to struggle? And it, it, are they still going to stick with Rio Ruiz at third? Because he's, he's only hitting about 237. Is his defense enough to want to play him over Renato Nunez, who is hitting in the two nineties? Are you maybe suggesting that Nunez? Well, we don't. They split time. They split time. Well, yeah, but I think that depends on updates from Trumbo. Like, Uh, I think we'll see as the closer Trumbo gets to coming join coming back to the Orioles, maybe we'll see Nunez getting more playing time at third base, and they'll be getting closer to splitting. Right now, that's not a necessary need yeah right. that's yeah. not a necessary move which because, is almost good because right <laughs> and because you can keep both guys in the lineup yeah Rio Reese for his defense or not that he needs a DH for his offense and then but it's also good the other way because it means you're getting Mark Trumbo back so Mark Trumbo right. is healthy enough to come back you can kind of sl- start moving Nunez back to third because keep his hot bat and just hope his defense gains up uh, yeah. ramps up uh, to the level where you can run him out there every day. Right. And then you have the whole Richie Martin thing. Is like, you know, if you want to keep Rio Ruiz, and he's never played shortstop. I mean, you can also use him as a defensive sub. True. Um, True. Off the bench. Yeah. Uh, you know, late in games. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like, so the Orioles have fallen into the last place in the American League East. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of crazy looking at their, you know, stat box mm-hmm. and that they've got four guys above or hovering right around hitting 300. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's impressive yeah. that a last place team has that many guys hitting this well. Now, obviously, it's a full, it's a team game, and mm-hmm. there's other factors that play into their record. But you got Trey Mancini hitting, crushing the ball at 340. Yeah. Obviously, we just talked about him. But then Jonathan VR, 
Dwight Smith Jr. and Renato Nunez are all within striking distance of hitting 300. Yeah. Which is impressive. And it's good that you get those four guys in the lineup. Day, and Chris Davis is heating up. Now his batting average isn't above 200 yet, but he's been hitting well over the past week or so. Yeah. And you would hope he gets it there. Um, the, the catchers, Jesus Sucre and Pedro Severino, have been crushing the ball as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even in some cases, pitching the ball pretty well. Um, so, you know, this is not a Joey Rickard, even in utility position. He had, has had some good moments uh, early on the season. This is not a, a a lineup to be just kind of rolled over. Exactly, and and that's what kind of what we all wanted. Just to, yeah. just don't lie down. Right. Be aggressive. Be competitive. And you know, sometimes you'll get crushed. That's just the way it goes. But sometimes you will crush, like last night when they won nine to one. That's the weird thing is they've been involved in a lot of blowouts, but both ways. Yeah. So they've been involved in 10 blowouts, and they've won three of them. Okay. And, that, you know, like that that game against the White Sox where they crushed them, they have the potential to Hap- break out like that. Right. It happened last week against the A's. Yeah. The A's blew them out, and then they came back the next night and exactly and uh, blew them out. And it just it, it didn't feel like last year they had many of those feel-good wins. Yeah. Like a game like, like that last night is like you're in control the entire time. You feel good about it. You, don't feel, you, you get a lead, and it doesn't feel... It feels safe, yeah, and you know because it's either huge or you have the right guys lined up behind in the bullpen or whatever it may be. And it's such a you know, and that's the good thing of it going both ways because I think we've talked about it before, Paul. Where these blowout games, win or lose, there there is a, a a bonus to be taken out of it, a positive way to approach it because you know because it is a blowout, you kind of just either win or lose this game, but you can plan out the rest of your week, even the rest of that game. All right, we don't have to throw this guy right. in a high load situation. We don't exactly. have to worry about pinch hitting this guy, whatever. Um, guys can get their rest. Um, so it is good to see. I'm trying to look up blowout. So last year, the Orioles were 14 and 35 in blowout wins Yikes. or games, excuse me. Um, and I'm not really fantastic at math right now, but it seems like they're <laughs> on a better place, yeah. better pace than that. Well, you know, it's, it's fine to be... In, in a lot of those games, mm-hmm. especially considering where this team is right now, but you know, if you can get kind of go five hundred around those games, I, I think that's yeah worth it. Well, by this point, so by this point last year, um, what is it, April twenty fourth? So let's go with you know twenty fifth ish. They had the largest margin of victory at this point last year was four runs, and they only did it once in wow. the first basically month of the season. Um, they had another win um, by three runs, but Beyond that, you know, so they were the few games that they did win. They were not, they were not comfortable wins. Um, you know, they were close, close wins. So far this year, they already have an eight-run win um, over the A's back on April eighth. They already have a four-run win over the Red Sox, a seven-run win over the Red Sox, and then yesterday's eight-run win. So like it, it just it. it <laughs> It feels good when you blow out a team. Yeah. It just is, um, you know, it's a much better feeling as opposed to getting by on the skinnier teeth. And it's also kind of a reason why, like, a lot of people are predicting this team to be a last place finish type team in the bottom of the barrel. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. But it just, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be different than last year. Right. It's going to, there. there's going to be progress this year that we're going to see and, and yeah. good signs for next year and for 20, 2021 and, and down the line that, you know, this rebuild is. There are some good pieces here, and they're contributing now. And this team isn't just gonna, you know, roll over and be a hundred and fifteen lost team. No, they're, they're they'll lose a bunch of games, but they're gonna go down swinging, yeah, and swinging hard. Exactly. Um, I'm glad you brought up the future. I know we're kind of bump, you know, bouncing around a lot here. 
Um, but I do want to talk about because we <laughs> we got a lot of questions um, yesterday while doing coffee and comments about Trey Mancini because of how well he's doing and because of the propensity f- of teams um, to extend guys as of late. Mm. We've seen a ton of guys get extended. And the question of whether he could be extendable at any point in the future. Um, right now, he's 27 years old. He's The thing is, you know, at this point, you say 27, a guy's typically looking at his next contract, in theory. Um, a guy who is hitting that well, at least. But he is still under team control for several more years. He doesn't become a free agent until 2023. He doesn't become arbitration eligible until 2020. Um, You can, if you want to maybe extend him and buy out those arbitration years and then maybe one year of free agency, you can do that. I just think at 27 years old, with a team that you still don't know exactly what the path is for contention, I don't know if that's the smartest move. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, there's also too many other moving parts mm-hmm. but in, in, a, in a rebuild. Exactly. The, the question is, is this your cornerstone guy? Right. Is this the guy you're building this team around? Um, I think right now it would be easy to say yes because he obviously he's hitting 340. He's the best player on the team. He's still young and controllable, built around him. Um, and, you know, with the Chris Davis situation, ideally you would get out of that and then move, slot Mancini back into his normal position at first base, and then you have a long-term all-star for caliber first baseman for the time being. Right. Or in the foreseeable future, too. Um, it's just, that's that's the question. It's not, should they resign him? It's like, is he the long, is he in the long-term plan? Right. Um, you're asking me today, April 24th, 2019? Yes, he should be. Because of how many more, again, he's 27. Hey, he's my age. Cool. Uh, he's 27 and in... God, you're old. Thank you. And four, So he'll be 31 and by the time he's a free agent, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, you're getting... That means you're going to be able to pay him not rookie level stuff, but like, you know, first contract level money yeah. for an all-star caliber guy until in his prime, until he's 31. Right. And that's... The question is, you know, at, at what point... Because we saw, obviously, in free agency, all these guys hitting 31, 32, and suddenly teams don't have any interest in these guys. Um, you know, how interesting, how interested would um, the Orioles be in holding on to a guy that far, that long, you know? The only, the other problem is, is that this is the first time that this, that regime has seen him. Right. Like, up close and exactly. personal. Like, if this was still, if we were going through a rebuild with still the Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter mm-hmm. era... I'm sure they probably would have already locked him up because they've seen him from the beginning. But like, right. okay, we know what this guy and is. And they drafted him. They drafted yeah. yeah, he's their guy. Yeah. And and we know Buck liked his guys. Yeah. He's not yet a Michael Elias, Brandon Hyde guy. I'm yeah. sure they love his productivity right now in the field, but you know, again, they didn't draft him. They're they're not tied to him in any way right. other than he's their best player right now. I think they would probably need to see a little more to invest that much into him. I, yeah. And and making him the the golden star of this rebuild completely agree i think um he his production as you mentioned has been awesome but it, yeah i agree i think you need a bigger sample size yeah for this particular i think orioles fans Bert, you and i have mm-hmm. a bigger sample size of trey mancini yeah. than michael Elias and brent and hyde true and to a certain extent you know i'm not saying we know as much as baseball as they do right but we've you know been around more they haven't been here that long they probably need to know more about the player and see can all right can he Let's see how he finishes out 2019. You know, right. if he has, 
I'm, I'm not, you know, an all-star. He, I mean, I'm, not, I'm assuming he's going to be an all-star. I'm not going to say he's being MVP, though. But if right. he has the, you know, the most valuable Oriole, yeah. fantastic season, totally worth it. All right, let's tinker with the idea. Yeah. I think this decision, not whether to resign him or not, but the decision to, okay, no, this is the guy we're keeping for the long term, needs to be made this offseason. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think they can absolutely... They have so much time because of this, because of how many years. I mean, he's not a free agent until 2023. Right. This decision, I still don't even think this decision needs to be made this offseason, maybe not even next offseason. You know, in theory, they can wait as long as they want for this. The problem with waiting for two offseasons is, though, you risk his price getting even higher. True, true. I mean, that's just the way the game But I mean, I, that's That's kind of the game you're playing. But at that point, I think then that's a good problem to have. You know, and yeah, if, true. if he keeps up that production. Right. Um, the downside is if if he doesn't keep up that production and he's kept and you have him maybe a little bit overpriced for you know in a rebuild where you want to save money, right? Um, it's yeah. a it's a catch twenty two because then also if you decide this offseason or you're a guy you extend him and then what if he kind of falls back in exactly? The, in the next so yeah, I I see it. Yeah. It's a it's both ways. It goes both ways. He did hit two forty last year, you know, and he he struggled. So I just I if I were Michael Lass, I would want to see. I would just say this is great. This is awesome. Just I want to see more of it before I put pen to paper. Yeah, do it consistently. Do it back to back years. Be exactly. the guy for back to back years. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. But as mentioned, we're all rooting for him to be that guy. It would be awesome, um, and especially if he's, you know, if we see him a little bit more at first base or even in right field, and his defense looks improved, that would be a big step, I think, to making him a, a corner piece because it's tougher to make a guy a corner piece that no pun intended. Ha, nice. Uh, that is struggling at the corners right. defensively. Right, right, the right field corner or the right. What's it's, the cold corner? Is that the opposite of the hot corner? The cold corner? Oh, wow, yeah. Well, third base is the hot corner, so what's True. first base? But you know, Bobby, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that made that that reminded me of something that I've been wanting to write to uh, talk about on this podcast really? for a long time. Interesting, Bobby. <clears throat> do you know the the you know the phrase the hot seat? Yes. Um, I know it well, do you know where it comes from? <clears throat> No. The electric chair. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> because in theory, <laughs> if somebody's on the hot seat, the seat is heating up so that you could be electrocuted. And die. So I... <laughs> yes, that's the next step. So I, I would like to make a proposition on this podcast that we never use the term hot seat, but instead use the term slippery seat. Because in a game of musical chairs, if the seat is slippery... You can slip out of the seat. <laughs> and fall Is that why slippery seat has been on our podcast notes for the past two yes, weeks? Absolutely, no, totally different reason. I was totally mis like, all right, slippery slope. Like, what slope are we going down? Yeah. So, I would just like to say from now on, anybody that we want to say is on the hot seat, we say they're on the slippery seat. All right, I'm. Are not you okay gonna, with that? I, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to remember how to to do it. Okay, I'm uh, going to say the hot. Seat. It's just it's just going to slip. It's just a saying. Yeah, but it just makes me uncomfortable to think. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I now that you brought it involved up, involved in this atrocity, Bobby. I'm right, sure. right. Now that you brought it up, yes, that makes me culpable. I, <laughs> does it? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I found out today? Let's What's just that? keep going with our Orioles podcast, talking about how clueless we are. You know the term "crapshoot." Like this is a crapshoot, yeah. or does that come from the game of craps? I 
I just put that together today. Are you today. serious? I am 27 years old, and I yikes. just put that together. Yeah. I always thought I don't. I don't know what I thought it meant. It was just like a, a saying. Like it just means chaos. Yeah. Like anything can happen. And then my friend and I were texting today about the Caps game seven tonight, and he mm-hmm. goes, "Yeah, game sevens are always a crapshoot." And I just like light bulb. It's like wait, like the game Let's, craps. That's where that comes from. <laughs> Let's change that to a crab shoot because uh, all these crabs are thrown down a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you get to pick right into one of a the boiling crabs. pot of water, and uh, yeah, and you get to pick one of those crabs, and who knows, it might not wait. be a good crab. I can't no, wait no, no. to pick crabs. It's coming up. Off day tomorrow. We should go get crabs. Is that what you do on your off days, Mom? You do pick crabs. I mean, we should pick an off day. Are they over good the yet? summer? You're no, a Maryland not guy. yet. Not yet. Maryland. I mean, in April. No, I was going to say during the summer we needed to pick um, a day, um, an off day to go. And uh, hit up some crabs. Yeah. You've Let's, only been a couple of times, right? I've been a few times. I know my way around a crab at okay. this point. That's, that's all I ask. But I pretty much know. That's actually fine. Also fine if you don't because yeah. we can teach you. You know what we should do? Is I hate people who are like like stuck up about, oh, you don't know how to pick a crab. Right. Not everyone's from here. Chill Thank out. You. It's a hard process. Like, Thank you, Bobby. I'm the same way with you know people who are like, oh, you don't know how to order a cheesesteak, you know? I, I, I like I like my provolone, lettuce, tomato, hot peppers, and mayo on my cheesesteak. What? <laughs> oh, so you are stuck up about it. Okay, but hold on. You know, that, I was thinking ketchup and such. Lettuce, no. tomato on a cheesesteak? Hell yeah. Have you had a true cheesesteak, yes, Bobby? I have. I don't, know, I don't know if you have. I have. I, yes, I've been up to Philly. I've, I've visited those establishments. We need to... Find a road trip at some point this year. I know the Orioles and the Phillies don't play, but the Nats and the Phillies play. Let's go up to Philly. Let's go to Dallas Andros. Let's get you a good old Philly cheesesteak. All right. And you're just going to say either wit or without onions. Wit. Okay? Wit onions. And that's it. You don't get you don't get lettuce. You don't get okay, that's tomato. Fine. It's not going to be as good, but that's fine. <laughs> My God. Blasphemy! I <laughs> just can't believe I'm involved in, and I just, I just lambasted everybody who, uh, who you know, gets stuck up about that. But I gotta, well, like, I gotta I get stuck like, up about that. Like if you put butter on your crabs, I don't think that's crazy. Dip, um, yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? People dip the in butter. Don't you know what you do? I guess some people do. I, I, I think it's kind of whack, but I, I don't. It doesn't bother me that other people do it. Right. I think butter's more for lobster, and I yeah. use vinegar on my crabs. Vinegar, okay. Yeah, vinegar I don't think I've ever done in Old Bay. I know I love the old bay. I love the old bay on crabs, but never done the vinegar. Yeah, I love vinegar. Is there like, anything else? Have you had vinegar and old bay on French fries? I've had old bay on French fries. Vinegar. Add vinegar. Oh, it's so okay. good. Malt vinegar. There, I'll boardwalk tell you, fries. Uh, oh my! I, honestly, my favorite thing in, at the ballpark at Camden Yards every single time I go as a fan is the Chesapeake fries. Oh, the absolutely! Dip, uh, every single and, uh, time, it's still, so good. Yeah, like there's well. I mean, we've seen all the new foods around Oreo Park, Camden Yards. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I, it's make it makes working so hard because like Sarah <laughs> Sarah Perlman's doing like her interview with yeah. like the chef, and it's like, oh wow, that's downstairs. Uh, I might have to go get that. Well, <laughs> like, they yeah. all look so good, well, but yeah, crab fries are the the bee's knees. I would like to make a proposition because we've seen Jim Hunter, we've seen yeah. Gary where are Sarah? You know where our office is. Where where are yeah. our Samples. There are no drop-offs being made at any point. Nope. Um, just a just a shame because we will, we're we right will, across. We will happily and try and, and and tell people to come eat these because they look delicious. You don't have to tell anybody. Just I'll, give I'll it to snap us for it. Free. Yeah, snap the picture, tweet it out. Like, come get this because it is delicious. 
What was that? Delicious. I hated that. It's from, uh, he doesn't watch Parks and Rec. No, no, we don't. Yeah. Don't spoil it, Paul. You're spoiling Olivia's bit. I do want to tease, though, that they, you know, we have been given the Trey Mancini as a Jedi. The BB-8. Bobblehead. BB-8 spins. It's one of the most fun interactive bobbleheads we had because the lightsaber screws in, BB-8 twirls. It's a beauty. And he looks good. I mean, he looks really good. Whoa, Bobby. As a Jedi. Yeah, the Jedi oh, robes, he, he fits. The Jedi robes fit Trey Mancini. And he has his name on the back of the Jedi robes with the 16. The question is, on the day of the bobblehead giveaway, is he going to wear Jedi robes to the ballpark? I think he should. It's a bad take, Bob. Why? <laughs> it's a great take. It's a bad it's take. It's not even a take. It's a, it's a great idea. If you want to bring that up to him and to ask him to bring you know his Jedi robes to the... Trey, wear Jedi robes. Was it May 4th? May the 4th be with May you. May the 4th be with you. Wear Jedi robes. I'll wear mine. Do you do you own a pair? That's hardly any of your business. Bobby, what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> at Bobby underscore Blanco. Paul, what's yours? Every single time I tell you, just write it down. At Paul Mancano. Uh, be sure to uh, rate, subscribe, listen to this anywhere you can find podcasts. Retweet, like, favorite, follow us, all that good stuff. Um, we will be back next week. Orioles. Taking on the White Sox tonight. Watch it tonight, 6.30 on Masson. Bobby? Paul? We'll see you later.